Welcome back to another episode of the Sunday Stash. This one is episode number three. I didn't actually make a video last week because I was actually watching the World Series and I was also doing some homework. Um, so I didn't really get an opportunity to do much research. Um, so I'm in the last week of the class right now and this week's project is actually not super difficult. So I have an opportunity to spend a little bit of time doing other things other than research for this paper and uh, watching TV. So um, in addition to that, I also uh, I got some new equipment. Um, so I actually am trying to figure out how to use it. The biggest thing that I've noticed up to this point, not with necessarily the new equipment, but with what I was using before, is my volume was really low and I think a lot of that has to do with my issues editing and stuff like that. I think that I figured it out but we'll see. Um, I'm sure things will get better as time goes. So the topic for this episode is something that's going to be, it's pretty relevant happening right now. Um, it's not really about the election itself it's really this lead up to the election i'd like to talk about the election strategy for both biden and trump um and then i kind of i'll kind of get into some of some criticisms of of both of the candidates um some personal criticisms that i have of both of them and uh yeah we'll just jump straight into it so i'll start off with uh, Biden, since he's the challenger. So, in my opinion, his campaign strategy, which it's a fairly simple one, is to hide. That's it. You know, he really doesn't do much, right? This pandemic has been a good thing for him. He doesn't have to go outside and do anything. Um, to this point in the campaign, he definitely should have been out more. Um, I understand that he's an older guy and he's in a vulnerable population. But, you know, Trump was right during the debate the other night. Not everybody has the uh, freedom to be able to lock themselves inside and video chat everything. Right, And that's where a lot of Joe Biden's criticisms come from his mental stability all that kind of stuff you know he you know I guess people are criticizing the fact that he doesn't seem to be able to not use a teleprompter um, the debates definitely helped him out with that so I'll give him that he was able to make for mostly coherent statements at the debates but leading up to I think a lot of people would be looking at it and thinking that he doesn't have it all together um, but realistically you know his strategy is to is to is to hide basically to wait in the shadows and point the finger right I mean there's a lot of stuff that you can point the finger at right now um, whether or not it's Trump's fault you still point the finger um, 
realistically, my opinion, Joe Biden himself doesn't really bring much to the table. He was a senator for a long time, and he was the vice president under Barack Obama for eight years. But other than that, I mean, that's a long history. But has he done much of anything in that history? Has he done anything positive? He's been talking a lot recently, criticizing Trump for the things that he's done, yet Joe Biden was in office and is now talking about being able to do it because he's going to be the president. He had the ear of Barack Obama for eight years. He was the man's number two. He led foreign policy in a lot of major countries. But now he's going to do it? I don't really think so. I can't see that happening. So the fact that he is saying that he's going to do all this stuff now, now that he has the opportunity, now that he'll be number one, I think it's a joke. So anyway, everything, every challenging question that's come him come his way, he just dodges it and then just points the finger right back at Trump. Anytime anybody's asked him a question about his son, why are you asking me about that? You don't need to be asking me about that. Ask somebody else. Ask Trump. Talk to him. Talk to him about that stuff. Talk to him about what's going on with his family. What's up with his stuff. Point the finger. Don't ask me that. They want it. They want you to ask me that. You know why they want you to ask me that? Because they want you. They don't want you thinking about what he's doing. They want you talking about me. And they, they want you talking about me and not talking about him. That's all. So that's all he does. It's just, it's hide, point the finger, hide, point the finger, hide, point the finger. The reality is, it's actually not a bad strategy. Because the more Joe Biden has to talk, the more he can mess up. And with Trump being president, the more he talks, the more he's going to mess up. So... It's actually not necessarily a bad strategy. I don't think it's a good strategy for getting voters, especially in the fact that he continues to go back and forth on so many of these large topics. I know the other, the stuff that happened in the debate the other night, he talked about fracking. Um, Kamala Harris talked about fracking in her debate with Mike Pence. And they both, rightfully so, were called out, as in Biden and Kamala Harris, were called out in their debates by Trump and Pence about Joe Biden's flip-flopping on fracking. And the reality is is that Joe Biden's probably not going to get those votes. He's likely going to try to cut back on fracking, he's going to try to cut back on fossil fuels, he's going to have a hard time getting the votes of that industry. I'm not sitting here and saying that Trump has done good things for that industry. I'm just saying that Biden has essentially talked about cutting all fossil fuels out. So, you know, he doesn't really do very good with those kinds of things. Um, so, as long as he stays quiet and doesn't really say much of anything, no one really has an opportunity to ask him any challenging questions. 
which is the reason why I think that the hide strategy can work. You hide, you point the finger at Trump. A lot of people are going to vote for Joe Biden because it's not Trump anyway. So the only thing you have to do is convince the people who are somewhat undecided that Trump's a bad person and hope that they don't know enough about you to think that you're also a bad person. And social media is definitely helping that one out. But that's a topic for a completely different video. Moving on, um, Biden's health. One of the reasons why I think he's kind of working the strategy that he's working. So I'm personally, I'm not a doctor. So you can't take what I'm saying as a as fact. But um, I will say that I don't think that Joe Biden is 100% there. I'm not going to, I don't necessarily know how to diagnose it, whether it be dementia, I I don't know, but I will say that, you know, he's mentioned a few times and talked about how he's running for the Senate. Um, I don't think, I think that's been about three times. So mentally, he might be kind of thinking he's in the past. There's been a few times where he's forgotten what, I think he's forgotten what state he's in. Um, There were times where he forgot Obama's name, even when he was working for Obama. There were times where he's, uh, this was this past week, I think, where he was talking and talked about running running against, he said something about four more years of George, and then kind of moved on a little bit, stuttered, and, and then said something about Trump. But he was still talking about George, as in George Bush. So he's messed up. He said he's running. My name is Joe Biden, and I'm running for the United States Senate. Talking about George. Messing up names, forgetting what state he's in. Um, He had that huge gaffe where he said, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. You know, you know the thing. You know, you would think that somebody that's been in government for this long and claims to love America the way that he claims to love America, right, would be able to coherently speak about these things and, you know, be able to speak about them regularly. Um, Something like that, I think that he would definitely be able to do. So I, I, I I think that he's slipping. Now, there was one time where he mixed up his wife and his sister. Um, he spun around and he said, this is my sister and this is my wife. And he goes, oh no, they swapped around on me. That may not necessarily be an indication of him being mentally ill or slipping. That's just a mess up. So I don't necessarily think that that is an example. I know people will use it, but they really could have just swapped spa- swapped spots. And I personally, I didn't see the whole video, so they may have actually swapped spots and he just didn't know. So I don't really think that that is an indication of his mental capacity slipping. Um, the last thing, at least from I've been able to find, um, is his inabil- his ability to mix up numbers as well. But 
with that one being said, you know, this man's kind of, he's doing a lot of different presentations. He's up there talking, and he throws a lot of numbers around. So the millions and billions and hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands, those numbers are all jumbled up. So I don't really necessarily think that even mixing numbers up is an indication that he is slipping. For me, the fact that he has mentioned that he's running for the Senate makes me think that he is mentally in the past. And the fact that he's messed up names of people, specifically with the George Bush thing, that makes me think that he's living in the past. Those two things, for me, not a doctor, not a clinician, not somebody who's diagnosing anybody, that makes me think that Joe Biden has something wrong. So, that's my take on it. Take it as you will. It's what it is. With all that being said, they could just be gaffes. And gaffes happen. He has a lot of them. You know he has a stuttering problem, so I'm not going to hold stuttering against him. Sometimes, you, you know, it's, time, it's hard to find the words. When there's so much going on, you have so many speeches, gaffes are going to happen. Look at George Bush. I imagine that anybody that stands up there, as much as these guys do, are going to get lost in their thoughts every once in a while. Trump does it. When Trump goes off teleprompter, get ready, because it's going to be wild. He misspeaks all the time, and no one really gives him a hard time about it because everyone just assumes that that's Trump. With all that being said, there's likely some cognitive de decline in Biden, but I guess time will tell. Um, one other example, I guess, is I watched an interview with Ron Paul the other day, and Ron Paul is actually seven years older than Biden, and in my opinion, Ron Paul definitely appeared to be much more coherent than Joe Biden. Granted, it was only an hour-long interview, and it wasn't day in, day out, so you can only kind of take that on surface value as well. So, like I said, I still think there's something wrong with the guy. Don't know what it is. Not going to diagnose it, but there's probably something there. Um, another criticism I have of him is choosing of Kamala Harris as his running mate. Now, it's not anything about Kamala Harris as an individual. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with him choosing her. I think that if he believes that was a good choice, or if his party, if his campaign believes that was a good choice, then, then that's fine. That's perfectly okay for them to choose her. I'm not here to necessarily talk about whether or not I like any of these people, because to be honest, I think we could do without all of them. But my criticism of 
his choosing of Kamala Harris is mainly the fact that from the very beginning, when he was given the Democratic nomination, he came out and he said that he was going to pick a female person of color. Now, what that does is it kind of locks you into only being able to pick a certain demographic. Obviously, women of color, that's it. It's all you can do. I'm going to pick a girl, and it's going to be somebody who is a person of color. You're not able to pick somebody like Amy Klobuchar because she's white. You can't pick Elizabeth Warren because she's white, who could have been good picks. They could have carried their base over. Kamala Harris didn't even stay in the presidential race through her own state. She backed out of her state before the presidential primary in California because she realized, she realized that most likely she was going to get absolutely d demolished in her home state because she's really not that likable of a person. She does what she can to try and pander, but it doesn't, I don't personally think that it works. I think people are a lot smarter than that, and I think a lot of people are able to see through it, to see that, you know, it's not sincere. Um, but aside from all of that, what I think Joe Biden should have done is what he should have done is said, I am going to pick the best person for the job, even if the whole time he was going to pick Kamal Harris. If he had said that, then he came out and he said that he's going to pick Kamal Harris. Then at that point, he would be able to tell everybody, well, yeah, she was the best one for the job. And no one would be able to cast any kind of doubt on whether or not she was the best person for the job. Or was she just the best female person of color? I hope that that makes sense. You know, and, and I think that that would have, you know, helped his case out a lot. Like I said, not anything wrong with him choosing her if that's what the campaign wanted. And if that's what the Democratic Party wants, then that's fine. Choose who you want. I mean, for God's sakes, the Republicans chose Mike Pence. So, you know, it can't really get much worse, right? Um, now, move on back to Biden himself. Um, so his, another criticism I have of him is his appearance of corruption. Um, and a lot of it I think is maybe not corruption. Maybe it's just more nepotism. So he's got all these issues with his son and a lot of them are coming up here recently. Um, now to credit his son, Hunter Biden, you know, he did graduate from Yale Law School. And he, he did that in 96, um, and he's taken a couple of government positions since then. Um, he's definitely done some investment investing and stuff. Um, with that being said, he, at like 40-some years old, he was, I think it was 43 years old, he was commissioned into the Navy and then failed a cocaine drug test because the Navy and the military in general does fairly regular drug tests on people so at 43 years old he was commissioned and then like a month later he got kicked out 
I think that was right around 2013. So, you know, he was essentially given a position in the reserve. I think it was the reserves, but he was given a position in the military and then had it taken away immediately. And it's obviously it was 2013. So we're right around there. So his dad was the vice president. So definitely some nepotism there. Um, He's definitely had some drug problems. Obviously, he had issues with drugs when he was trying to be in the military. He's had issues with drugs here recently with all the pictures and stuff like that that have come out. His dad has openly admitted that he's had drug issues, and he's proud of him for taking on those drug issues and trying to deal with them. Um, he's definitely, Hunter Biden has served on the board of a couple of them different American companies. Uh, the biggest one, not American, but the biggest controversial company that he's served on, I think, so far is the Burisma. And that's that could be a total video in itself. Um, no energy history or anything like that. Just the last name Biden. Um, he has this other... Chinese energy company where his partners were arrested and he's got he's got a lot of issues with that and then here recently he's got this this uh, laptop that's been found which whether or not it's true or not I think that people need to address it um, and I think that as a politician Joe Biden doesn't necessarily want to say anything because he doesn't want it to seem like if it does come out that this is all true he doesn't want to come off as a liar or maybe he doesn't know that it's all true because his mind is still stuck in 1990 so who knows um in addition to his son hunter biden his brother jim biden and uh paradigm global evidently paradigm global is some investment firm that both hunter and jim biden like bought out or something like that. And there was a, I guess there was an executive who had made a comment or had reported that Jim Biden had said, we've got investors uh, lined up with seven, 747s filled with cash ready to invest in this company. Um, and that was an executive of Paradigm Global who was in the room when... Jim Biden said that. Now, from what I was able to gather, I think it was Bo Biden was already all, also in the room, and Bo Biden had told Jim Biden, you know, this is not what this is not what I'm here for. I don't want to know. I don't want to be a part of any of this. That better, you know, that's not what this is about. So I think Bo Biden seemed as though he was not about doing the you know corrupt part of anything now regardless of whether or not Joe Biden knew about all this stuff his family really shouldn't be going around and profiting off of policy that he's not even maybe not necessarily making but they shouldn't be going into countries and profiting off of things obviously with the Burisma holdings um, Joe Biden withheld aid to the Ukraine 
for getting the prosecutor fired who was going to look into Burisma Holdings. So it definitely appears as though policy was affecting the way or the way Joe Biden was enacting policy was affected by the actions that his son and his brother were making. So definitely some nepotism, appearance of corruption, not stuff that looks very good for Joe Biden. Some people are going to be able to look past that, and some people aren't. Now, as far as Joe Biden on China, I think that he's soft on China. I think that he's not going to end up going hard on China or anything like that. Trump has definitely been going hard on a trade war with China in an effort, from what I've understood, to bring jobs back to the United States. Um, Whether or not that's going to happen, I guess time will tell. But reducing taxes and increasing the cost of goods to be imported to the United States could convince people to bring corporations or manufacturing back to the United States. So if that happens, that'd be good. But I don't, I personally, I don't think that Joe Biden is going to be hard on China. In his debate the other night, he said, they knew who I am and they know about me. But if his son is running around being paid and helped out by the Ukraine, Russia, China, I doubt Joe Biden is going to be hard on any of those companies. Um, in the fact that Joe Biden's been in the, in government for so long, he's got some skeletons in his closet. Um, my Another criticism I got with him is, so during the debate, he said a lot that he's got a plan for something, but it didn't really seem as though he really kind of came out with much of any plan. Um... He just kind of said, I got a plan for this. This is, you know, I want to I want to do this. You know, we need to provide more money for this. We need to provide more money for this. But we're already in drowning debt as a country. Um, more spending really isn't going to do us any good. Um, lastly... I will say that Joe Biden would likely be what everyone thinks a president should be like. He's definitely much more presidential than Trump is. Trump's very rough around the edges. Joe Biden's uh, a little sharper. He has his gaffes, but so did George Bush. Um, He speaks better. He doesn't actually have all these crazy things that he says. So I think he would be... As far as talking to foreign leaders, it would probably be better um, to have Joe Biden. He does give that air of stability. So I think that's what a lot of people like about him. It's the, that return to normalcy that, that he kind of gives off. It's the, I was, I was Barack Obama's vice president vote for me so I think that with all of that being said 
do kind of think that Joe Biden's got a chance, even with his strategy of hide, talk bad about Trump, and let's go. So now, on to Trump. What is there to say about Trump that hasn't already really been said? Uh, there's You really can't say enough bad about him, I guess. So, I'm going to talk about Trump's strategy, and then I'll get to the rest of the stuff. Um, so, in my opinion, I think Trump's strategy is get every single Trump supporter to the poll. That's it. Get them all. Get every single one of them out to the polls. He seems as though he's going to, he's trying to just point the finger at the Democrats and basically say how crazy they are. Um, and that's it. He knows that people aren't going to change their minds about him. No one is. You either hate him or you don't hate him. That's about all. So because there are so many people that dislike him, and there's a lot of people that, that do, I guess, um, he has a lot of support, a lot of very hard support. And what he needs to do is, because he's not going to get those other people swayed over, he's not going to get them. It's just not going to happen. What he needs to do is he needs to get every single last Trump supporter to the polls. You know, have them, have every single person vote. I think it was last election we had 130-ish. I was just, if I'll round up, we, I'll just say we had 150 million people vote in last election. I don't know the, I don't know exactly the numbers, but I think here a little bit ago I looked and saw that there's 297 million eligible voters in the United States out of a 330 million population, I think it is, something like that. So if we had a hundred, even if we had 150 million, we still had, it was almost half of the eligible voters not vote. So that's a lot of people that if Trump goes, look how crazy those people are. If you want that, then vote for him. But if you don't, come out and vote for me. And that, I think, is his strategy. Up to this point, Trump has been the king of branding. You know, before he was the enemy, before he was president, he was the guy that everybody looked up to. He was the guy that everybody wanted to be like. Rappers talked about him in their songs. He had a TV show called The Apprentice. Apprentice. He branded himself as this wildly successful person. He has a huge net worth. It's not anywhere near the Jeff Bezoses of the world or the Zuckerbergs or Elon Musk or um, what the greatest um, what's it called the the greatest investor of all Warren Buffett um, he's not a net worth like those guys but I mean even if he owes a billion dollars to people you know two billion dollars or if he only has a billion dollars a billion dollars is nothing to to be 
sad about. Because if you did have a net worth of four billion and now it's only one billion, you lost three. That's kind of something to be sad about. But you know, he has been somewhat of a successful businessman and he branded himself very well. And I think he's brought that same branding to the White House. And he realizes that he's not going to sway some of the voters. And he knows, because he knows that, he's not going to get them. So he doesn't care. He's not even going to try. He does not care one bit about that. So, um, criticisms of Trump, I, you know, where do I start? Um, you know, he talks way too much. Um, he's obviously, he's very conscious of image. So he's worried about photo opportunities far too often. He wants to stand and take pictures with people. He wants to do all kinds of stuff like that. He, if he could just stick to teleprompter Trump and not say anything and not tweet, I think things would be okay. Um, I started a Twitter account specifically to try to follow him and, and get policy updates purely because I like to play the stock market. And that's about it. You know, he would tweet and things would, and the market would swing. You know, and that kind of leads me into my, uh, his appearance of, of corruption. So this one, I'll talk about my, my theory about his uh, stock market thing right now, and then I'll, I'll get into the other stuff. So what I think's happening, I think years and years and years from now, after Trump's dead, probably, after he's dead, I think what's going to end up happening is something's going to come out about someone he knows is making a ton of money in the stock market. And the reason I say that is because he would, years ago, he would tweet. He'd tweet something about putting tariffs on China. And all of a sudden, the stock market would fall a lot. Like the Dow would drop a couple hundred points. And then it would stabilize, right? So a week later, he would tweet something saying talks are going well with China. And then what would happen? The stock market would recover. So I think I think years from now, he is going to, or information is going to be released, not from him, because he's not going to release it, obviously, look at his taxes, but I think the information is going to come out about someone close to him that is making a ton of money off of this, having that inside information, knowing, oh, hey, he's about to, he's about to release policy information on, on Twitter, short something, short the market, boom, policy information comes out market goes down a couple of weeks later hey i'm gonna you know he'll, he'll call somebody up and be like hey i'm about to uh about to release some positive policy information on twitter you know buy in all right boom 
They buy in, po good policy information comes out, quick money. It's you know that's what I think. I I don't have any base for that. I really don't have any kind of. I just think I just can't just based on politicians in general. Somebody's got to be making some money on this. Why the hell else would he would he be doing it? You know, it, you you put policy out on out on the on the internet and you have that kind of control. You have that kind of control to be able to sway the markets based on a tweet. It's, it's all about. I think it's it's about power. So, um, so anyway, I think something's going on with the market and the way that he tweets, and I, can, I think that somebody is making some money off of that man. And I think it's somebody that's probably, if not close to him, somebody that knows him. So, hopefully, it's not somebody who's holding ten percent for the big man, right? That's a little shout out to Hunter Biden. Um, so I really do. I think it would take all day to talk about all the ways that Trump appears to be corrupt. Um, he's got um, obviously the whole Russia thing, but that really wasn't that turned out to be a whole lot of nothing. Um, he's got the Ukraine thing where he withheld aid because of a phone call, or I honestly don't remember what it was all about. He got impeached for that, which was a realistically it was it, they voted party line, so. It, we all knew what was going to happen anyway, so it wasn't anything. Um, so, but he's he's made money from foreign countries. He's paying taxes to them. Um, you know, for for the United States, um, his taxes recently got released, and it showed that he only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. And I'm not going to attack the man for beating the system because. I'd like to have his tax accountant to do my taxes because I'd like to beat the system as well. But he then talks about how he's going to release his taxes. Oh, believe me, I'm going to release him. Believe me, I'm going to release him. This guy must be going through the worst worst audit of all time. What do you when when's it going to be over? How is your audit that bad? Um another instance of it the appearance of corruption is his children, right? His, it's definitely nepotism there. You know, it, Don, Donald Trump Jr., um, Eric Trump, uh, Ivanka, er, uh, Jared Kushner, you know, this is not to take anything away from the work that Jared Kushner has done in the Middle East with peace deals and stuff, and, and that's really long-term stuff to, to be seen, but you know, I would also say that Jared Kushner has no business being in the administration at the same time Hunter Biden has no business being over in Burisma. You know, the only saving grace that I can say is that it appears as though Jared Kushner's on our side, not their side. That's about it. Um, and in, his, in Trump's taxes, it came out, I think, that he paid Ivanka $750 million dollars um, or seven hundred fifty thousand for consulting. So that's a little bit weird. Um, so don't really know, you know, what's going on. But in my opinion, I think that he does need to share his taxes. He needs to come out and he needs to actually. Um, 
share them out, share them with everybody. I, really, and at this point, you know, Trump's a guy. The dude's covered in mud. Y- you can't really. You throw more mud at the guy. What's going to happen? He's just going to. It's just more mud. It's not going to make it look any dirtier. He's covered in it, you know. So, a little bit of extra stuff doesn't matter. I mean, he beat the tax law. That's what it is, you know. If you don't want to, if you you know vilify the man for not paying taxes, but you know, I don't think Trump's even if you took Trump's four billion dollars, it still isn't going to be any more than the corporate taxes that a lot of these companies don't pay because they keep money offshore. So. And maybe we're looking at the wrong people. Um, so, but anyway, I, I'm not really going to talk a whole lot about Trump's level of corruption. It, it's it's well documented. It looks bad, and it's not good for the United States. So, but anyway, they had this debate the other night, and in my opinion, the, the debate's basically pointless. Um, early voting started. They only did two debates. 2020's been super weird. Um, although I think anybody unclear about whether or not they're going to vote for who they're going to vote for is probably going to be waiting for election day to try to see what happens in the last couple of weeks. So this weekend, most likely weekend, right before the election, I'm sure that there's going to be some more information coming out, whether it's about Trump or whether it's about Biden, you know, that's still to be seen. But, you know, should be pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, so, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, a lot of this stuff, it doesn't really matter. The vast majority of Americans are likely going to end up voting party lines anyway. Or they've already decided who they're going to vote for. Um, you know, a lot of people that, don't want to share or don't actually want to register as a Democrat or Republican are probably just going to say undecided, even though they already know who it is that they're going to vote for. So a lot of it doesn't necessarily matter. At this point, we've already got, I think it's 80 million people that have voted. I know as of October 22nd, 56 million people had already had already done early voting. And according to its elect project, at uh, it's a, a GitHub website, we've already got 81,352,000 early votes tallied. They haven't been actually determined as to who it's been who they voted for. But they've been collected, and eight million, eight and a half million are from California, eight and a half million are from Texas, and seven point three million of them are from Florida. So a huge population states, um, Texas and Florida both have no taxes, and California has high taxes. So we'll see how those go. Um, but because. So many people have voted early. I think that's why Biden's plan can work. Um, he has a ton of people that are willing to get out and vote for him early. And most of those people are going to vote. I don't think they're going to vote for him. I think they're going to vote for not Trump. 
And I do think that if you put not Trump on the ballot as a as a fourth choice, you know, Biden, Trump, Jorgensen, and not Trump, I'd actually venture to say that you could get 10 to 15 million not Trump votes. I wouldn't be surprised because there are that many people that just absolutely despise that man. So that's the reason why Joe Biden's Hyde campaign can work. Now, as to the reason why Trump's campaign can work, the number of people that don't vote. They could be people in the city. They could be people in the rural areas. They could be people that just do not care one bit about elections. And they might come out because they're afraid. This pandemic showed a lot of people the vulnerabilities of the United States. And and moving manufacturing overseas, not being able to do things for ourselves. Um, It showed people... I saw people getting guns and heard about people getting guns that I would have never thought about getting a gun. You know, people talking about wanting to buy a gun and then having to wait a seven-day waiting period and calling it bullshit that they had to do it. Right? It's like, well, these are the laws that you guys voted for. So what do you what do you expect? Seven-day waiting period is a seven-day waiting period. It's what it is. So it's just funny. So maybe. Maybe point the finger at the Democrats and say, look how crazy those guys are. And come over here, vote for me, and we're going to make America great again or keep America great as the, the new slogan. So with all of that being said, neither of these guys is good for the country. There's so many people that hate Trump. He drives a wedge between Americans. He, he says a lot of things that he shouldn't say and Biden is this appearance of the return to normalcy but what is normal normalcy exactly the American public believing that politicians are going to do good for him and not actually passing any meaningful laws and giving the excuse that well it's because of the other team you know I think eventually Americans are going to stop believing that So my hope for either case, Biden or Trump, is, or Jorgensen, she's a third-party candidate, could happen, there could be enough people fed up with both of them, I don't think so, because I think there's too many people that are voting for, there's too many people who are afraid that Trump's going to get re-elected, that they're going to vote for Biden, and there's so many people that are afraid that Biden's going to get re-elected, or not re-elected, but get elected, that they're going to vote for Trump, and I think a lot of those votes aren't going to go to Jorgensen. But I wouldn't also be surprised if we saw 20 to 30 million votes go to a third-party candidate, which I think would be awesome, because then I think at that point she would be able to get on the debate stage, you know, during the, or not her, but the Libertarian Party could get on the debate stage during the next election, which would be awesome, because then it would be a third person able to point fingers at these two other idiots. It's not going to be Biden and Trump in the next election, but it's going to be two other idiots, two other people that just stand up there and pander and pander and pander and pander and don't actually do any good. So anyway, I'm hoping that regardless of who it is that's elected that's elected president in this upcoming election, 
can start to bring our country back together and unify us and enact some real change that matters instead of continuing to drift further and further apart. The future of the United States depends on our ability to look past who is president and push forward and try to rebuild the American dream.